Worshipful brethren, brethren all, welcome to Freemasonry in seven minutes or less. In this episode, we'll be discussing the ashlars. Well, what is an ashlar? An ashlar is a dressed piece of stone, dressed on, on six faces, which has obvious allegorical applications to Freemasonry. How does the idea of an ashlar work as an allegory within our lodge? Brother Earnshaw, could you shed some light on the, on the topic, please? Yes. So if we look at some of the uh, exposés that were in the public domain before 1717 and the foundation of the Grand Lodge, of uh, the Premier Grand Lodge, um, we see that the word ashlar is used actually as a stone that is put sideways through a wall. So Congrats. it's not the normal way that we understand an ashlar. Um, but now, of course, we have two ashlars um, in the East. <clears throat> One thing I've noticed is that people seem to uh, see the rough ashlar as being inferior or somewhat less than the perfect ashlar. Mm -hmm. And I think this is an incorrect understanding of um, symbolism, particularly when you look at it in terms of Taoist teachings, uh, uh, so I'm basing my talk on understanding of Freemasonry being based on Taoism. Mm -hmm. And what we see is that the rush, the rough ashlar is actually a symbolism, a symbol of Taoism. So whereas the perfect ashlar represents Confucius, the rough one represents Taoism. And why this should be is based on uh, the teachings of the Tao Te Ching, uh, one of the um, <clears throat> two texts that are, are central to Taoism. So in Taoism, they refer to the rough ashlar as the uncarved block called Pu in Chinese. Mm -hmm. The text teaches that the uncarved block is a metaphor for a state of receptiveness, uh, a symbol of pure potential, uh, rather than we say in Freemasonry, our rude and imperfect state by nature. So this is a, a symbol of potential. Mm -hmm. So Taoism teaches that in this state, everything is seen as it is, without preconception or illusion, just as a child would see it. And so this is the true nature of the mind, um, able to accept ideas and um, <clears throat> open to new ideas. And this concept of being innocent as a child uh, is actually one of the three treasures of the Tao. And also, coincidentally, it is the missing section of the prayer in the first degree. If you look at the first degree right. prayer, uh, if you know your Bible, you'll see that there's a section missing. <clears throat> so on the other hand, the perfect ashlar, which the Chinese called Yu, represents the perfect man in Chinese, <clears throat> uh, otherwise jun, Junzu as was taught by Confucius. He wrote in, <clears throat> sorry, in his book, uh, The Analects, that man should improve himself like carving a piece of jade. Mm -hmm. 
another philosopher who was in uh, a com- was a disciple of Confucius uh, called Mencius said that the main tenets of Confucianism were benevolence and etiquette, and these are part of everybody's nature, but they have to be cultivated. So a person can perfect himself by following the way, the Tao, through learning, and particularly studying the I Ching and the Tao De Jing. So simply put, the uncarved ashlar represents the kind of natural, elemental Taoist teachings about virtue. And the carved ashlar represents the more polished or refined teachings of Confucius. They are both important in their own ways. Uh, so people have, uh, um, what was I thinking of the word? Uh, oh, sometimes I forget my English. <laughs> they uh, explain Tao as being the root of philosophy and Confucianism is just a branch. Mm. And that each was appropriate in the, the proper context. So it was said that when kings followed the kings, being Chinese kings, followed the Tao, society functioned well. But if the Tao was neglected, then calamities would occur. And then it would be necessary to impose the ethical prescriptions of Confucianism to bring order back to the world. <clears throat> so it was argued that both Taoism and Confucianism had ethical and moral teachings to be used to rule society. But um, so, so in the lodge, these two stones represent these two polarities. And um, simply put, the, both ashlers are not only of equal value, but I think they also have important lessons uh, to teach masons. Yes, very interesting. I, I do like that Chinese interpretation that the rough ashlar, as we would say, is is just much more potential, but just a higher, a higher amount of pen, potentiality. But these are very specific metaphors. It's not as if you would use them. I mean, you could use the metaphor of you know a carpentry, but to use something so specific as the word Ooh. ashlar, I think there has to have been some cultural exchange there. Uh, like it's it's an absolutely vi- it's a, a dead cert that there's some kind of intentional use of that metaphor from from the Chinese system, in my opinion, uh, just because of the well, word usage alone. Yeah, except the the Chinese for the Taoists believe that um, uh, the uncarved block they call it was actually mm-hmm. wood. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a just a tree, a tree itself, yeah. and that is potential. It could be anything. It could be a, mm. a bowl, a plate, seven thousand pairs of chopsticks. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <clears throat> but uh, I think then the Freemasons then, because they have this concept of of stones and building, mm-hmm. building the King Solomon's temple inside of one to meet God. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to keep in the the metaphor then they change the tree to stone but I, I think it works just as well i think so I it's rather so. like um uh leonardo da vinci um i think it was uh the pieta i forget mm-hmm. um he he had this enormous carving there was an enormous piece of marble that the vatican had 
and nobody could see how to use it to get to to use the most amount of the stone without wasting it, mm-hmm. but at the same time produce um, a, a carving that was um, in line with Catholic teaching and that would would um, uh, would enthrall, I suppose. Um, uh, believers when he came to the church and so then Michelangelo looked at the stone and he saw was it I forget that it was either David or the Pieta and mm-hmm. he could actually see it inside the stone he said you just need to take this bit off in this book so that's seeing the potential in an uncarved block of stone yes that's a much more relative and more relatable <laughs> European <laughs> European art piece, but that that is fascinating that they, yeah. um, they use those metaphors. Yes, and exactly. Yeah, it does make so, me think um, of what was going on on the Silk Road, circa around ooh. the 12th century. Interesting stuff. So what I'd like to say is that the um, the rough ashlar is just as important as the the perfect ashlar. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you for that, brother Anshaw. You're welcome. And that just about brings this episode to a close. If you have any questions, please email on the link below. We're now part on the square and we will meet soon. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.